Welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Halftime Mike Podcast. You know, every week we want to come together, dive into some online social media marketing tips, tactics, and methods for you to give you something actionable you can take away and implement right away. It's all about uh, keeping it practical and doable here, taking a halftime break where we evaluate some tactics, some area of the online spectrum, and then dive in deeper. So this week, I'm excited to have a special guest with me. I have Mark W. Schaefer with me. It's a privilege to host Mark because he's a globally recognized author, speaker, educator, business consultant who blogs that businesses grow. He's got one of the top blogs in the world, Businesses Grow is, by the way, and he teaches marketing classes. I've just had a conversation with him. He just finished another course at Rutgers University, and uh, I believe the tally now is um, – at least four, and I could be behind here, best-selling <laughs> books with uh, The Tao of Twitter, Return on Influence, Social Media Explained, and then most recently, The Content Code. Welcome, Mark. I am delighted to, to be here. It's absolutely fantastic to connect with you today. Thank you. Now, am, am I correct in the uh, four best-selling books? I mean uh, – Well, there's uh, – I did also did uh, Born to Blog with uh, Stanford Smith. Okay, Stanford so Smith. That would be number five. Number yeah. five. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, Mark, you've got some substantial and impressive client base with Dell, Adidas, U.S. Air Force. Uh, so mm-hmm. doing, doing some good things there. And, um, you know, of course, on the speaker circuit, you've done some things South by Southwest, uh, marketing summit in Tokyo. Uh, what's next up on the uh, speaker agenda for you? Where are you headed? Next, uh, I'm going to be doing some work down in New Zealand, actually. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was really kind of an awesome connection. I, I spoke at South by Southwest two years ago, and this fella came up to me and uh, was so really moved by my speech and inspired by my speech. He said, is there any way that you could ever do this in New Zealand? And so just as a matter of luck, uh, I was going to be in New Zealand the following month and we got together and it turned out he was a senior executive with Ogilvy Advertising. There you go. And and, and it began this collaboration and uh, a a real friendship, really. And so I'm going back there again. And uh, but I've got a couple couple things around the U.S. and I'm going to be going over to Europe in September and uh my second trip to India in November. So that will be kind of interesting. Wow. Excellent. You know, uh, when I grow up, I want to be like Mark Schaefer. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's see, let's see, you know, if I come back in one piece before you say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Well, uh, kind of related to that. I mean, a lot of these events come out of you speaking because uh, for, for us, that's, what uh, this podcast came out of because I attended your presentation at uh, Social Media Marketing World on uh, the content code and just was totally intrigued by that and you know so was able to capture your attention for a little bit to see if we could uh, dive into that further here with this podcast. So I really appreciate you uh, taking the time for me. 
Well, it's great because we've kind of circled each other for a, for a number of years. So meeting people in real life is always my favorite part of this job. So it was yeah. it was really a, a joy to meet you. Absolutely. Thank you. Likewise here. So today uh, we want to dive a little further then into that book and, and your topic, the content code, and the, the basically the challenge of content marketing today. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the reality and then, you know, again, the practical side, what, what can they do about it? Okay. So uh, – let me set the stage a little bit for today's context. When I talk about content marketing, I'm going to define it, and you can flush this out more if you want to, but uh, in short, the, the act of generating you know, resource-rich content on one's company or business blog to create a inbound funnel to one's site. Uh, anything you want to expand on with that? Uh, well, no, that sounds about right. Okay. Now, again, that's – Definitely been a trend here the last three plus years, and mm-hmm. coinciding with that, then is with as more people have moved into that, the overall volume of content online has just been massive. And and yeah, uh, yeah you've got um, some stats in your book on that. Just uh, what has materialized with content overload? Well, I would I would define it a little. Differently, okay. uh, and I usually talk in terms of information density. It's a subtle difference, okay? Because cont- information overload, I think, is actually good for consumers. You can see that as a good thing. Um, that there's more choice, there's more options. If there's if people are competing on content, the quality is probably going to go up. So information overload is, is, is something that you know we've probably had around for, for a while, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But from a business perspective, this idea of information density where our in our in any industry, um, there may be this 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 comp- our competitive niche is is filling up because businesses see that social media content marketing is working. So you look at any research, any study of marketing budgets, and more and more is going into creating, publishing content of many, many forms. And so as the information density goes up, it becomes more difficult to compete. And this is really a very predictable cycle. I mean, the same thing happened with websites. If you had the first website, you were going to be successful until your competitors figured it out. If you were the first one to figure out search engine optimization, you were going to be the first one. You were going to be successful. And then it, it gets more crowded. It gets more expensive. It gets more difficult to compete. And the same thing is happening now with content. It's perfectly predictable that this would happen because it works. Mm-hmm. So I've just been obsessed and, and I mean literally obsessed for the last – year and a half, almost two years now, trying to figure out what do we do. I, I mean, I, I, I've been in marketing for more than 30 years, Mike, and I could I could argue that this is the hardest time to be in marketing ever. Oh. And 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 uh, But I'm a strategist, and I want to figure this out. And so that's why I wrote the book. I studied this for a long time, and I came up with a plan that I think is accessible to businesses really of any size – uh, and uh, that's the content code. 
There it is. Okay. Now let's just get this out of the way right off the bat, and that is your acronym, the six things spell <laughs> badass and right. uh, and, and I, that was, I guess that was a bit of that was a bit of good fortune. <laughs> okay, because yeah, that's what I that's what I heard is that the story was is that uh, it, you know that that wasn't a planned thing. Okay, what's that final S I need here, kind of thing? <laughs> no, I, in fact, I still have it up on my whiteboard here. I, I I said, you know, I wonder if this if this creates an acronym. I wonder if this spells anything that would help people <laughs> remember this. And then, lo and behold, I, I switched the letters around, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is too good to be true. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's. Uh, so this is basically based on your research. This is the essence of the book. But it's mm-hmm. um, what do you do in this context where it's uh, more difficult to compete and this uh, information density term has been reached in in many different industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you want to go into those six a little bit and. Well, what yeah, yeah. what I tried to do is I, I guess I can just very quickly kind of go through them in in, in order. Um, course you know it's it's a book that's about 250 pages long so i can't get into a lot of depth but um so so b would be branding and in the book i talk about the the heroic brand everybody has a personal brand but not everybody has a heroic brand sometimes people share content and I, i guess i should back up a step and say the real theme of the book is i'm trying to change the conversation to where marketing needs to focus today. The conversation has been on content, more content, better content, optimized content, and audience, building an audience, getting more likes, getting more followers. But the missing link in this information-dense world is ignition. The content creates no economic value unless it moves, unless people share it and they see it and they connect with it. If it doesn't move, you might as well just lock it in a bank vault someplace. So this suggests, Mike, that we need to build a new competency on understanding how does content move? Who moves it? Why do they move it? Where do they move it? And how do we get better at this? So the badass strategy, B-A-D-A-S-S, is this, this stands for the six possible strategies you can employ to move your content. And the cool thing about this is it's not linear. So you don't have to follow step Good. one, okay. step two, and step three. You can pluck little ideas out of this book. It, the book is filled literally with hundreds of ideas. Every page there are ideas. So you can pluck ideas throughout the book and if you just work on a, a few of these things today, you're gonna be better off. So B uh, talks about branding and this idea that Sometimes we share content in wh- because it really has nothing to do with the content and everything to do with the company and the person who's creating it. So branding is more important than ever. A stands for audience, and in particular, the alpha audience. Now, can I can I interrupt though? Just yeah, you, you sure. kind of you moved on though. I just wanted to get the distinction again between personal brand and heroic brand. Well, I mean, everybody a, a personal of a brand is what. Ex- is the image of you that exists in somebody's mind, the mm-hmm. story they tell about you in somebody's mind. And that's, you know, that's different. Every mind is different. So every story is going to be different. But in general, there's probably a common narrative, a common theme, and that's known as a brand. Yep. Well, some what I get into in the book is I, I use some examples where 
people share content no matter what it is. They're moving content. The content itself doesn't matter. They just love this person or they love this company so much. It transcends the content. It transcends SEO, Mm -hmm. transcends social media. And so that's an important concept that branding really is more important than ever. Then the next one is this, as I was talking about, this alpha audience. Now, this is very specific that the people who share content, it's a very elite group. Uh, For some brands, it's probably less than 2% of your followers. And so what I challenge companies and, and individuals in the book is, do you know who these people are? This is the bedrock of your business. These are the people who are really creating the economic value because what you know I want to make a distinction here that why sharing is important and why this is the focus when you like something it's kind of like you pet it or you you wave at it but when you share something you're an advocate you're standing up and you're saying I believe in this and you should believe in this too I love this and I and you should love this too it's, it's, it's more powerful than any advertising you could possibly do. And so we need to identify this elite group of people who love us and share our content. That is the alpha audience. D stands for distribution, advertising, promotion, and SEO. This is the only chapter of the book that requires money. Uh, and so I think that's significant that five out of the six strategies, even a small business, uh, can uh, can come to grips with. So uh, we, you know, in this chapter, I talk about different distribution strategies, uh, how we can get our content to move through clever promotion, through working with others to include our content, you know, within their content. Uh, the next A stands for authority. Now, this is a tricky one. Mm-hmm. And let me explain it with a very, very quick story. Um, I wrote a blog post last year that really it, it went viral and it was shared like 3,000 times. It got 900 comments and it was really the seed of this idea around how we need to market differently in this information dense world. And the, the, the theme was called content shock. So a few weeks after I wrote this blog post, I Googled it to see, you know, what else is going on out there who's writing about content shock. And to my utter amazement, my original blog post was ranked third. How is that possible? It was a a term I made up. It was shared 3,000 times, and yet I was third. Why? The reason is because the most powerful content didn't move. The most powerful websites did, and that has to do with site authority. So I talk about in this chapter, what is it? How do we increase the authority of our site? And if we have a hard time doing that, how do we get around it? The next S is for social proof and social signals. And this is so interesting. There's some deep psychological components to this. So let's say, Mike, you live in the Midwest Let's say you want to, you have a nice yard and you want to grow a, a, a wonderful little vegetable garden. So you know there's lots of 
there's lots of bugs and you got weather considerations. So you Google, how do I grow a vegetable garden in Indiana? You get two amazing blog posts. One has been tweeted two times. One has been tweeted 350 times. Which one do you read? 350. Yep. So you're consuming this content. You're moving this content based only on a number. That's all. Has nothing to do with the quality of the content or the authority or the branding or or distribution or promotion or, or anything. It's a number. So we need to understand that. The last S is for shareability. And this is an idea that's so big and so bold, it actually took up two chapters. And I put it right at the front of the book because it's so important. I wanted to make sure people read it. Even if they didn't read the rest of the book, I wanted them to read this because this is a list of dozens and dozens of ideas that people can use today to tweak the content they're producing, whether it's a blog or a podcast or uh, you know, a, a, a blog or uh, videos or whatever content they're producing. Dozens and dozens of small ideas that can help right away to take down any barrier there might be that would that would come in the way between our readers and sharing the content. And so there's lots of little actionable ideas there to improve shareability, the last S. Okay. So, so related to that, you said uh, to take away barriers. So yeah. you, you've identified some there. I mean, is there anything that you can maybe go into on what's a, what's a common barrier? Uh, mistake well, or is well, there you know i'd be happy to you know one and this is the the first the first thing i get into in the book and it seems so so obvious but half of the content sites out there do not have social sharing buttons so basically they're challenging their readers just figure out a way to share it we're going to make it as hard as we possibly can and this literally takes no time at all and no money at all. And you can increase the social sharing of your content by 700%. 700, yeah. Just by having, just by having uh, social sharing buttons. Yeah. So there's little things like that. I get into quite a bit of depth on things like headlines. The headline, no matter what kind of content you're producing, the headline is more important than the content. People aren't sitting around lounging by the fire with their glass of wine thinking, oh, I'm just going to sit here and consume a nice evening's worth of blog posts. You know, they scan blog posts. They, they look through their email stream. They look for their, through their blog reader. And what do they look at? How do they make their decision? The headline. Well, there's an art and science and there's, there's, there's math really behind creating great headlines that are going to help ignite your content. And it's just a shame that people spend so much time working on their content and then they just throw up whatever headline. And yeah. uh, you and I are both on this site, Triber. And so, I mean, I, I get the opportunity to kind of look through hundreds of potential blog posts to share every single week and I'm just aghast at how terrible some of the headlines are. I'm never going to open a headline that's like, um, you know, the, the it might be email email basics. Okay, there's there's 
hundreds of blog posts about email blog basics. What's special about this? Why should I open this? What story is it going to tell? What's it going to tell me about you? Uh, how, what, why is this different than the hundreds of other blog posts out there? And that's what you've got to capture in a headline. Yeah, yeah. And particularly, uh, you mentioned Triber there, but particularly on a site like Triber because, you know, it's giving you volumes of potential content you could look at and share. But again, the first thing, the most prominent thing or the, the basic thing that you're seeing is the title. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So when we're thinking through these uh, components here, these six items, does does it impact – the because you're talking about the the key being ignition mm-hmm. so do you recommend rethinking the uh, the volume of content in relation to um, a focus on ignition well that's a really good question that's a very very good question you know i guess as i mean there there is something to be said for volume i mean there and, and volume when i talk about volume i mean consistency of producing great and useful content if you only create content once a year it's not really enough to get you noticed or maybe even once a quarter or once a month most businesses i work with i I say let's shoot for something really great once a week uh you know as 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 a place to start or maybe every other week depending on the business um but i think there is a component of consistency that's important for a lot of different reasons about building your brand and building authority and building uh, power through Google and and kind of conditioning your readers to know, oh, it's Monday. This is the day I get something from this company that I love. Mm-hmm. So where, where I fall off the wagon on the on the whole volume thing is when it has to do with, you know, it, I just I, I, I want to just you know, just pull my hair out every time I see a blog post that's, you know, seven tricks to drive massive traffic to your website. And, you know, to me that it's, it's, it's misplaced advice because for most businesses, you can't really build it on traffic unless possibly you're building it based on some sort of a small amount of money you might get from internet advertising or something. But for most businesses, you want to attract customers that are going to, that that really care about you. They're going to stick around and want to know more about you. You can't build a business on tourists. You need to build Mm. people, a business on people that you can connect with in a sustained way. You want to build this alpha audience and, and that has to come from trust. That is a word I heard from every person I interviewed for this book about building a brand and building an audience and why people share content. It gets down to trust. And for me, that's really where the emphasis needs to be. If you think about, okay, we're going to build, we're going to have trust based marketing. What does that mean for a business? How do we organize around that? What are the implications for our content? What are implications for, do we put ads on our site? Do we have sponsored content, sponsored posts? Will that break the trust? The answer is no. Here's my recommendation. Don't do it. The little bit of revenue that you make from that sort of thing is going to pale in comparison 
to what you could do for the long term, what you could accomplish in the long term by focusing on trust. And unfortunately, that is a point of differentiation today, being you know, just focusing on, on radical honesty and radical trust. That's a way to stand out. And I think in the end, those are the people who are going to win. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to take a stab here, and I'm going to go transparent myself. I feel like when I look at my content and what I put out there, I often get the – the I'm told, hey, you're such a nice guy. You're you're a trustworthy guy, okay? Uh-huh. Um, and I believe that too. You know, so 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 I'm trying to equate that with mm-hmm. you know, how do I ultimately move um, that they trust me mm-hmm. to growing. Uh, I'm not sure that I've moved really, into the to alpha gr- to, and yeah, to, the, to grow yeah. the brand. Here is I think the big the the big differentiation. This is I think. The one thing that is going to really make content stand out today, and that is, do you have the courage to tell your story? Do you have this? Do you have the courage? And this is whether it's a big brand or a little brand. I, I'm, I've, I've had the opportunity to sit on some really big brand sessions, and it's amazing where big companies are going this way as far as being honest and, and establishing trust and telling their story in human ways. So here's an example. I kind of made fun of this idea of, you know, whatever, the, the seven best tips for, for email marketing. I'm not going to read that post. Uh, now, what I will read is um, how email marketing saved my business. Um, what disgusts me about email marketing? My biggest email marketing victory. How email marketing uh, saved my marriage. Yeah. I will click on that. I will read it. And if you bring me in, I'm going to share it. If you, you know, if you, if you, if you, and if you, if you do it consistently, that kind of content, I'm going to become part of your audience. I'm going to subscribe. And that takes your audience to a whole new level. But the people don't do that. They just look at what everybody else is doing uh, and they just rewrite the same thing uh, all the time. You only have one choice and that is to be you. There's only one you. You have no competition. Whether you're a, a, a a big company, a small company or or an individual person. Uh, and you only have one choice, and that is to bring your story into the narrative, your unique history, your viewpoint, your education, your experience, where you've been in your life. I mean, I write a blog that on the top of my blog, it says marketing, social media, humanity. That's what really interests me. It's yeah. the intersection of technology and people and and how we get our messages out. And so I love history and travel and sports and anything that has to do with the outdoors and nature. And I can write about things that are going on in my life, experiences that I have in nature or something I read about in history and teach a lesson about marketing today. Mm-hmm. So it, so it, it doesn't have to be boring. It, it, can, it can still be – you can still have a consistent message but bring your stories into it. 
bring your stories into it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think that um, what you have demonstrated, even in this uh, short time together here in the podcast, is exactly what you talked about. I mean, you said who you were, and you piqued our interest, and therefore, I mean, you've uh, you know, you, you've made motivate someone to want to to click through to businesses grow. If they haven't heard of Mark Schaefer before, if they haven't heard of Content Code, um, you know, you've done just that. So I think you're you're living this out. It gets down to trust, and you presented a story that uh, has you know it has piqued interest, that has identified with some things I'm experiencing. I asked you a personal question based on this, and mm-hmm. that the audience mm-hmm. can, and that uh, um, that that is pulling us in. So so you're. You're living this out, and now this wasn't a blog post, so maybe that's the final question: is is there, <laughs> you know, how how do the different mediums play into that? I mean, blog is your written word. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. I actually just did write a a blog post about this. It was titled something like "What's the best social media platform for your business?" And what I did, Mike, is show the connection between how much time it takes to create content for a certain platform versus how well you you connect to the audience how much you can really kind of own the audience so on the low part of the scale would be twitter you only have 140 characters it doesn't really take long to create a tweet but you also it's very very hard to build an actionable audience on twitter the other end of the scale are blogs podcasts videos it takes a lot of work but it's really the best chance you have to build an actionable audience today so i think for any business i mean a lot of people there the default is is facebook i mean facebook marketing connecting in a meaningful way on facebook is so hard today at at the end of the day you still need to create some sort of original useful content or curate useful original interesting content and that means blogging, video, or podcast. Those those are the main sources of rich content every business needs to be looking at today. There are some outliers. There are some possible exceptions with visual content on Instagram or Pinterest. But the, but the heart of rich content for most businesses is a podcast, video, or blog. And that's where most people should start. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to take that as our actionable final word item that uh, our audience needs to take today. Uh, This has been a rich time. I really appreciate it, Mark. Well, thanks. It's been so delightful uh, being on your program, and uh, I hope you'll have me back again someday soon. Yeah, absolutely, folks. Uh, I'm going to do that. I want to get Mark back, and I also will give information in the show notes to his blog, uh, to the books here, and we're going to outline the you know six components and drill into that a little bit more detail. So thanks again, Mark, and um, to my podcast audience, thanks for being with me today in this Halftime Mike podcast. Now stop and reflect what's your takeaway, what's your key takeaway that's going to help you as you leave here and go forward in the second half. This is Mike. Take care over and out. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike Podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. 
Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.